We're doing a sicko satchel themed show today. We'll start with the foundation of how the Hornets have looked overall in the preseason. We'll give some more love to Terry Rozier as well. All today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, Game Time. and you can create an account and use code Locked On NBA on Game Time for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. That's Doug Branson. Find him on his Substack. EveryHornetsBoxScore.com. You can also text him. You get one-on-one access to all his depraved Hornets thoughts delivered right to your phone. You're basically getting Doug's phone number when you check him out on Be his Be careful what you wish for. As well. Yes, go check him out on his subtext, his sub stack, his submarine sandwiches, <laughs> all of his subs. Go check him out. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. All right, we just keep on churning out content, baby. Just got done talking about Thomas Brown getting play-calling duties from the Carolina Panthers because they're making big changes here, Doug. And so now we just want to know if uh, the Charlotte Hornets are going to have as bad of a start as the Panthers going 0-6. Now it's a question that we've been – I've been thinking about it a little bit for a while. Like the Hornets tip off their season October 25th. And we're trying to figure out if the Hornets are going to get a regular season win before the Carolina Panthers do, because <laughs> it's already a little too much that the Panthers have not won a game since the Hornets won a preseason game. I mean, even then, that's already pretty bad. And I do think the Hornets, despite losing their first two games, the Hornets have looked pretty good overall. What say you, Doug, on your evaluation for the first three games, how the Hornets have looked uh, in their entirety? I think the answer to your question, without knowing the Panthers' schedule, I think the answer to your question is going to largely depend on how much Steve Clifford wants to rely on his starting unit. Yeah. Because that starting unit, with Gordon Hayward or with Brandon Miller, that starting unit has looked locked in. And that's with a LaMelo ball that I would call like 80 to 85% LaMelo ball. I don't think we've even seen 100% LaMelo ball because he is slowly working his way back to game shape after dealing with that ankle uh, fracture, you know, surgery, injury, rehab, all the stuff that comes along with that. I don't even think we're getting full. I think I think we started to get that against Oklahoma City. That third quarter, LaMelo, I was like, okay, this looks like the LaMelo that I'm used to seeing. And so I think by the time regular season hits, he's going to be all the way back. And that starting unit's going to be locked in. It's going to have a lot of offensive firepower. It already it already looks like connected. You know, defensively, they've still got some stuff to work out. But when they break that lineup, Walker, and we've already seen it, there's depth issues everywhere. When they break that lineup, the Hornets really struggle to score and defend. And so I think that's really what it's going to come down to early in the season how they rectify a bench unit that doesn't seem to be able to support itself. Yeah, let's just bring in the theme of the sicko satchel today because that way of thinking is along the same lines of QCT who writes in and puts the question in the sicko satchel. How worried are you about the bench unit? We've seen them blow lead so far in the preseason. So do you think that lack of depth 
carries over into the regular season. So QCT sharing the same thoughts as you, Doug. Yeah, it's not been pretty. And I'll say this. Look, Miles Bridges has a lot more to worry about than whether he can come in off of the bench or holding starting spot with the Charlotte Hornets basketball team. You know, there are a lot of things that are more important than that. But if Miles Bridges doesn't go, we'll have that experience the first 10 games already. Now we have these updates that took place last week. We don't know if Miles Bridges is going to suit up once he's eligible as of now in the 11th game of the regular season. So if that's the case, right, if Miles Bridges is set to miss more time, then that is directly impacting the depth on the squad, which means Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, probably going to start at that three and four. But Brandon Miller coming off of the bench, I now you're starting to lose some scoring. And Kelly Oubre, right? Kelly Oubre was somebody that you could depend on last year. He's not on the team anymore. JT Thor can come in and help you out if if he continues the Thorner three, if that shot continues to work for him. But I ask you, Doug, same thing the QCT asked us. How concerned are you about the lack of depth once we get to the regular season? Oh, I'll be very concerned. I, I think, you know, because the injuries have already started to rear their ugly head. I mean, I don't even know why I pray to these basketball gods when they constantly forsake me and <laughs> deliver one ankle sprain after another. Now we have Bryce McGowan's, who I had slotted in uh, for some wing minutes this season. Uh, you know, we've got him now question mark on his return. Steve Clifford said he was in a boot after that game already, and there was, there's going to be an MRI. We'll get more info on that. But if he has to miss time, you put him in a section with Cody Martin, big question marks on when that guy, if that guy's ever going to return. We don't know at this point. And then on top of that, uh, you you know, of course, we, we know what happened with Kai Jones. He's no longer with the team. And now you're going to have to depend on more rookie help from Nick Smith Jr., uh, who I, I think really needs some Greensboro seasoning, but I think is going they're going to have mm-hmm. to depend on him. And then Gordon Hayward now. I mean, the season doesn't start until Gordon Hayward has some kind of lower body injury. So, he, I mean, he came into this summer, like he came off of this summer into training camp super excited because it was the healthiest he'd been. And then like immediately gets a foot injury. <laughs> and so uh, it doesn't seem serious, uh, but it is a setback when you don't have one of your most important connecting pieces, a starting player uh, with you for a majority of what ultimately is a short preseason. You know, I think all of these things combined uh, to really ha- will could combine to hamper their ability to get wins early in the season. Well, it's all about the scoring too, right? Like that's the thing you worried about most off of the bench, especially if you're going to be down miles. So now you're talking about Brandon Miller. I, I don't think he's going to start. So we can have that conversation, but Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward coming off of the bench, whatever the case may be, you feel good about your top six. And then after that, it, it's JT Thor, who's not a bucket getter. He's somebody that could help you shoot threes. But Bryce McGowan's could be able to be that guy. But if he's hurt, then, you know, <laughs> that's not helping you out. Nick Smith Jr., we talked about the passing concerns in yesterday's episode. Yeah, you're right. It, at, if you were feeling good about your top seven or eight and you lose a man, it doesn't give you much margin for error anyway. So the the bench unit, it does have to be concerning heading into the regular season. Well, Walker, it doesn't help that they went bargain shopping for backup point guard. And, you know, it doesn't and, – and they didn't even have to look for backup point guard. They could have looked for backup combo guard who could take some point guard minutes if you really think that, like, LaMelo Ball is going to get big minutes and then Terry Rozier can fill in. They could have gone out and found, you know, a guard that could have both helped them offensively or defense and defensively – but they went out and got Frank Nielakina, a player that 
you know, is is really good defensively and and can play make. He showed that against Oklahoma City, but he's also shown all preseason that he can't hit a shot. And so that's going to affect what when you have him out on the floor, it's going to affect your spacing. It's going to affect the other players that you have alongside with him, their ability to get open shots and and, and to get to the rim. And so that's that's a difficult thing. And this can domino because if you can't depend on your bench and you're forced to give a few extra minutes here to LaMelo Ball, a few extra minutes there to Terry Rozier, maybe you don't get to implement any kind of plan early on to maybe limit Gordon Hayward's minutes so that hopefully if you are like a sneak playoff or play-in team that you could utilize him late in the season, all of this stuff snowballs and could eventually uh, lead to you know further stress on some of these players that have injury yeah. history themselves. It's not like LaMelo Ball's been injury-free. It's not like Terry Rozier, who has had plenty of ankle injuries himself, is injury-free. And so just all, all of this stuff is, you know, I think some of the vibes that we had coming into preseason are already – we're already starting to oh, hit yeah. the reality of regular season. Preseason, we were <laughs> yeah. we were awash with positive vibes, and now now the regular season approaches, and and our our rose colored glasses. We've now put on prescription lenses, and we're looking at this rotation and going, "What's going to happen here? What is what mm. is going to happen?" Teo Maladon, is he going to come back? I mean, that was a mm. guy that you go, okay, knows the system, could fill in at, at backup point guard, and mm. you're less worried about his offense than Frank Nilakina. Uh, but he hasn't been available all preseason. So it's just a difficult situation that they're in. Yeah, we're starting to go down a sicko path, so we might as well continue it. Let's ask some more questions. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have plenty more sicko satchel questions to get to, including more about Brandon Miller. Put in the sicko satchel by the very one who controls it, Mr. Doug Branson. We'll get to his and plenty of other listener questions in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp, though. Wanted to remind you about that. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can even switch therapists anytime for no additional charge if you feel the need to do so. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA. Do it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash NBA. Sicko Satchel questions coming up. Locked on Hornets. You control it. You have the Sicko Satchel. You have the Sicko Satchel intro. And now you are contributing to the very Satchel that we speak of. Doug, what is the question you want to lead off uh, with us here? Well, it's a it's a question that's a follow-up to the segment that we did yesterday when we discussed Brandon Miller being a, a starter on this team now for two straight games. He's filling in for Gordon Hayward, who is out with a foot injury and he seems to be getting good marks from Steve Clifford and the rest of the players on his ability to quickly fill in and fit in as a starter. And we discussed all of this without, I think, answering the pertinent question, the future question, which is my sicko satchel contribution. Should Brandon Miller keep starting based on these two preseason yeah. outings? What do you think? It's not it's not as crazy anymore. It wasn't it was never crazy. I shouldn't say that. But you see the path a little bit more easily now. So if you go back to th- this team at full health 
it makes sense even after Miles is eligible to come back after 10 games that you would have some sort of front court combination of Gordon, Miles, PJ as a guy they just gave a contract to in Miles and PJ this offseason and Gordon Hayward still being a good player as long as he's healthy. If Miles is, so we'll have this question, no doubt about it, in the first 10 games. We might have it even beyond that. If that's the case, then, okay, you might just play with the idea of finally putting a minutes restriction on Gordon Hayward after the conversation we've had for really the last three years. So if that's the case, then do you just throw Brandon Miller in the starting lineup, have P.J. Washington start at the four, and then have Gordon Hayward come in in order to help one Brandon Miller. I get the conversation. I don't think that's going to happen unless they trade Gordon, which we've gone over those scenarios a million times this offseason. To me, it makes more sense to keep Gordon at this point in his contract with it being an expiring salary, with how hard it is going to be to match salaries in order to pull off a trade. I don't see it happening. But if they decided to trade Gordon, then yeah, Doug, maybe Brandon is a starting player for the Charlotte Hornets as soon as year one. Ultimately, if everybody is at full strength, then I don't think Brandon is going to be starting. What say you? Yeah, so it's uh, two sides of this question. What do you think that Steve Clifford will do and what do you think he should do? What what I think he will do is exactly what you said. I think he's going to lean on his veterans uh, until there's no point in in doing that anymore uh, because I think he views – uh, the NBA is a place where you earn minutes and you have to earn minutes over the veterans that have already earned the minutes or those veterans have to fall out of favor such that there's an opportunity there. And if a player has been doing the right things, it doesn't matter if they're a rookie, a second year player or a 12th year player, then then they'll deserve to start at that point. There could be a scenario where Gordon Hayward maybe does get a few more of these sort of nagging injuries that aren't severe and maybe takes his time getting back. And maybe Clifford does get frustrated at some point and says, all right, well, we're just going to go to the young guy that I know is available. He loves availability, too. Let's not forget that. There are a lot of traits that Clifford likes. He does like vet- he does like veteran know-how, like players that know what to do and then execute that. But he also praised JT Thor for just being available last season and playing through injuries. And so, you know, I, I could definitely see that as a scenario, not game one. Um, if Gordon's available game one, I think he's going to start. But when we get into the season, if there are a few more of those instances, I could see a swap um, sticking because Brandon Miller will have, I think, opportunities to start, you know, in place of someone. And if he's playing well and the team is playing well as a result of him being in that group, then I think Clifford could just at that point stick with it. What I think they should do, I think they should just start Brandon Miller at this point because I think I've seen enough after a few injuries to to definitively declare that this Hornets team is going to struggle to make the playoffs. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're, they were already one or two oh, injuries. Oh, you're already away. there? <laughs> well, because it's, it's because look, the starting unit is, I think the starting unit is a playoff starting unit. I, I legitimately do. I think of LaMelo, Terry, you know, Gordon, uh, Brandon Miller, whatever you want to do, Miles mm-hmm. Bridges if he's available, P.J. Washington, Mark Williams. I think that's a playoff starting group, but this is not, this is not the depth that you would look at and go, this is a team that's going to do it for 82 games, and they're they're a team that has literally any shot of uh, maybe even winning one game in a playoff series. I'm not being negative. I'm just being realistic, okay? Oh, yeah. and, and that's that's on the organization. At some point, 
They've got to look at this thing and go, all right, how do we open our wallets here and figure out a way to put a team that has legitimate regular season and postseason depth? That's not this team. And so if that's the case, then I think they should come to their senses sooner rather than later and give Brandon Miller, who I think looks comfortable enough out there in these two preseason games, he looks comfortable out there that I would not worry that as a rookie he would make so many mistakes that it would bust his confidence. And he's playing with players like LaMelo Ball that would put him in good positions. You know, that's my concern always when you're talking about a rookie starting is are they going to make so many mistakes that they just get totally ruined in terms of their confidence. It's going to ruin their career. Or are they not playing with a level of players good enough to help them be successful? So as long as those two things are the case, then I'm fine with them starting. So, no, I, I hear you. There's a couple things, though. I, I'm sorry to the, all the other psychosatural questions because this is going to be interesting if Brandon Miller is that guy. A couple things. One, now it seems like before we even get to the start of the regular season, we're starting to inch closer and closer and closer to putting more responsibility on Brandon Miller. And we haven't even tipped off against the Hawks yet. So I'm not even saying that's a bad thing, but we're starting to inch that way to where now, you know, scoot. We already knew that situation. We already knew it with Wimby. We thought of, we talked about it this off season as an advantage for Brandon that he didn't have to worry about all that. If you open up as the starting small forward, an important position in the NBA. And you're right. He is going to be in a better situation because he's going to be playing alongside all the starters, LaMelo, everybody that should be starting as we talked about. That is good, but also it's putting a lot more responsibility. And I'd have a little bit of a worry about that as soon as we step into the regular season. The other thing is, I know you are pretty much already out after seeing the lack of depth that the Hornets are going to be a playoff team. But if Steve Clifford goes with Brandon Miller over Gordon Hayward and Gordon Hayward is healthy and we know, look, is it, is it fair to say that we know Gordon Hayward is a better player right now than Brandon Miller? Is that, that seems fair to me. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean that. Right. So if that's the case, then you are not putting your best five players in the starting five. And that means you don't even give them a real shot. If, if they play starters minutes, Right, because the starters and the finishing lineups that can you know be interchanged, and I don't know how much it means for somebody to start, but Gordon Hayward might get more minutes. Right, that's a different debate. But are you already just saying, hey, we're not going to make it anyway? Might as well start right now. It the the smarter portion of the fan base is going to see that whether you think Brandon Miller should start. Like, and to me, I just don't know if you can do that right out of the gate, especially Doug, especially with the way that this season opens up. Because the the strength of schedule for them at the beginning of the season, those games can Hornets can win those. Like we actually, it's it's weird. It's actually a winnable portion of the schedule right out of the gate. So those are a couple of the hesitations that I have. I'm not saying I hate it, but those are my hesitations. I know it just feels like we're delaying the inevitable, and I would be fine with delaying the inevitable. I felt that way about Mark Williams that him moving to Greensboro was a delaying of the inevitable because I saw in Mark Williams, a future center of the Charlotte Hornets. I don't, you know, (laughs) that was a reflection of the talent level of the center (laughs) position at the Charlotte Hornets that I would immediately think that this rookie was drafted Mm -hmm. 15th overall, uh, had a shot at being the starting center. But I saw that. And at the same time, I thought, actually, it's it might be good to delay the inevitable if it means you are saving a guy from getting punished night in and night out because he's not ready. 
and I'm I'm not there with Brandon Miller. He will make mistakes. He will be a rookie. He is not going to, but he doesn't have the pressure of winning rookie of the year. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it's unless there's injuries, it's Wimby or Chet. I mean, these guys are freaks. So he's he's not even playing under that kind of pressure, and he's not going to be asked to be the guy. I mean, he's. I don't know. He'd be the third guy. I mean, you go LaMelo and Terry first and then PJ. I'd go fourth guy because, I mean, PJ can carry an offensive load. He's already shown that, especially if they play Oklahoma City. Hmm, he can right. carry an offensive load. So, like, you don't even have to ask him to be that guy. Um, that, you know, th- that would be a totally different scenario, too, right? If it's like, well, you got to start Brandon Miller and he's going to have to take 17 shots. That's not, this is not a Houston Rockets situation. Where they're, where they're, you know, rookie, you immediately get drafted, and now you got to go take a majority of the shots. That's not what's going on here. It's a different kind of construction and a different kind of player in Brandon Miller who has the feel of, you know, a two- or three-year vet. Yeah, uh, I have one more thought on this, but we do have a lot of questions to get to, but let, let's do it in the other segment. Let's do it in the final one. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have more sicko satchel questions to get to. Plus, I did have one other thought on Brandon Miller starting. We'll get to that also in just a moment. I first wanted to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat, too, before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event as well. If you procrastinate a little bit, you can even get those tickets an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. All right, before we get to the other questions, I had one other point about Brandon Miller starting. Another thing, too, with all the responsibility, it, maybe we can you know, split hairs here, discuss the difference between pressure and responsibility, how much of each are on Brandon. But one thing I like about Brandon coming off of the bench is at least in the right, like if you get to the seven minute mark, whatever, Brandon comes in against weaker competition with the mm-hmm. second unit for the opposition coming in as well. And so if you get that confidence, at least in the first half of the season, maybe this isn't a either or, but just at what point Brandon starts for this team after Christmas, like Mark Williams started to become a rotation player after December 25th. Do we get to that point with Brandon too? But I like the idea of, okay, Brandon can come in at least in the first 10 games, first 20, first 30, whatever, get his feet wet in the association. We know about the rookie wall that happens for everyone. So maybe it's not going to be as daunting and maybe not hit him as soon as it would for him. If he was coming off of the bench, those are just my hesitations as we mentioned. I hear but you. Brand, you're, go ahead. I hear you. I don't think mm-hmm. the confidence is an issue for Brandon Miller. I, I've not seen anything. I've seen him make yeah. mistakes, but I haven't seen anything that would indicate that he's playing scared at all. I don't think confidence is an issue for him. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I just easier competition, but no, you're right. Totally. Confidence. That's good. Not going to force the issue hundred percent. That's what I love about Brandon. I've been saying it a million times. All right. Keeper of the sicko satchel. What question do you want to lead us off here with this uh, in the uh, third segment? 
Yeah, lighting around here because I do want to talk about Terry Rozier as well. Keith 802 asks, has the outlook for the team changed any for you since the start of training camp or preseason? Miles Bridges, with the updates coming in, if he misses time, that is a really talented piece. As we talk about the basketball product, it absolutely comes secondary in significance with what is surrounding him right now because of his own doing. But Miles Bridges is one of the more talented players on this roster. If he misses more time, that is going to hurt the win and loss column. Yeah, I feel better about the future. I feel worse about the present. Mm -hmm. 100%. What's the next one, Doug? Next one is Rima6240 asking, which player on the IR right now on the injured list is sadly missing out on needed preseason play? So we're talking about Book Knight here, who I think we got some footage. He's He was back on the practice floor uh, shooting in slides. And Bryce McGowans, who has a sprained ankle, we're waiting on word about that injury. And then Teo Maladon, who um, has not seen the floor in preseason yet due to an injury. Uh, of those of the players that we have not seen, who do you think is most missing out on that preseason play? For their career, it's James Booknight. You need every opportunity you can to prove the doubters wrong. Yeah. Yes, you could view this as if he goes out there, then he might prove the doubters correctly. But if he goes out there and actually has a couple of nice moments against second, like even against the Thunder, right, Doug, where they have everybody resting, it's not the most daunting lineup you're going to play against. Maybe that would help James Booknight come in. But as as far as the team goes, it's not James Booknight, in my opinion. It's more so Bryce McGowan's, who I thought would get some of those rotation minutes. And now where it was already going to be an interesting fit, because who is he ahead of? There's a legitimate competition, Booknight even further down. I think for the team this year, the answer is Bryce McGowan's. For their career... In order for them to take the next step forward, whether it be with this team or another, I think the answer is James Booknight. Yeah, it's absolutely James Booknight. I would throw in there that Teo Maladone, I think, had a shot of uh, making his uh, case for the backup point guard position, even though we have seen Steve Clifford shower Frank Nilakina with praise. I, there there could have been room for both of those players because Nilakina is someone that can guard wing players. He does not have to exclusively guard uh, ones or even ones and twos. He can guard threes and possibly even fours if he switched on to them. Fives? Get, can we keep going? Uh, yeah, let's okay. do it. He can yeah, guard right. five for five, five seconds. Well, Love you know, he can guard it for five seconds, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think Maladon could have made a case, and that's going to be more difficult. Although he does have a track record with Clifford. Clifford likes Teo and and his ability mm -hmm. to manage the offense. So maybe once he gets healthy, uh, before Greensboro gets kicked into gear, we could see him pick up a few minutes, especially with some of these other injuries. But I think Teo missed out as well. All right, did you have another one you wanted to hit with us rapid fire style before we give some praise to Terry Rozier? There, there were some good questions, but I want to get to this Rozier stuff because uh, Booney from the Charlotte Observer, Rod Boone, did a write-up of Terry Rozier, Scary Terry, and he has looked scary in this preseason in all of the best ways. I mean, his, uh, his ability to get to the rim and get shots up and knock them down, his, his outside jump shot, I think his defensive effort looks a lot better. It, we were warned about how locked in he was from the very start of this training camp, from media day. Clifford was trying to tell us something about Terry Rozier, and uh, now we're all believing it because he has looked like one of the best people to suit up for the Hornets in this preseason, and uh, he's getting a write-up here, and it looks like he's he's feeling it too. 
Go ahead and say it, Doug. I know you want to. In all caps, the quote from Terry Rogier. Look, I just want everybody to know, just to give them a peek behind the curtain, going into segment three, the category is, in all caps, which is a big part of this, all caps, vindication. Uh-huh. All caps is how this segment starts off. Go ahead and tell us why vindication is in all caps on the Google Drive. Oh, well, I just want to know that I was ready to kind of dig into Terry and his role on the team and what it means. And there's an interesting quote in there, too, about it being now or never. We, we can talk about that, too. So I just want to make a note, though, that you brought this up, not me, <laughs> but I am vindicated I'll you by. I'll set my yeah, guy thank up. you. I am vindicated by this article because Rod Boone asked Rozier about the ankle braces. And here's what Rod Boone writes. Rozier initially planned on wearing ankle braces like the Hornet star point guard. Lamella Ball, making it clear he was doing it strictly for protective reasons, figuring it would assist in keeping him on the court. He's battled through sprained ankles, blah, 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 blah. Let's just say the search is on again. Quote, them ankle braces, though, Rozier said, I ain't going to lie to you. Them ankle braces are done. We are doing tape. We are rocking with tape. I'm from the park. I'm used to low socks, laces untied. But we are rocking with tape because being healthy is key. Now, why is this vindication? Because I came on this show once it was announced that LaMelo Ball would be wearing ankle braces. Before we heard about Terry wearing ankle braces, I came on this show and said, I'm glad he's wearing the ankle braces, LaMelo Ball, because his ankle health should be a concern for him and for the team. But we can't discredit the fact that wearing ankle braces is a big adjustment for players who have never worn them before, for players who cut a lot on those ankles and have been used to doing things the same way over and over, repetitive actions over and over, to put those on has to be an adjustment. And commenters got on YouTube and said, you're making a big deal. These guys know what they're doing. You're making a big deal. It's just ankle braces. Lots of players wear them. And then, and then we get this quote, and I think it fully vindicates my <laughs> position. And I don't know. Honestly, I've been trying to look at pictures and find these ankle braces that LaMelo's yeah. wearing. I'm not sure LaMelo's wearing them anymore. But Rozier said, I took them off. We're doing tape. I want to stay healthy, but I can't wear these ankle braces anymore. It is a big deal. So the problem is now, if Terry has been wearing them for the three preseason games or even the two, I don't he think he was. Well. I don't think he okay. was. I think he's ditched them before – because he, like okay. in his quote in training camp about them, you could you could feel, like he was saying, I'm doing this for health. But you could feel the like, I don't like this. So I think he okay. ditched them. And I look at pictures and they, they, the ankles look taped up. They don't look like braced. <laughs> I'm doing so detective now, work. I've got the eyeglass yeah. out. Oh, I I'm, know you do. I'm if studying means, the pictures. Sherlock Branson. vindication, 100%. Yes, and we'll see about LaMelo. So you get your vindication. Uh, I do not have the quote in front of me with Terry Rogier. Did you want to finish with the other quote before I allowed you to uh, gloat about your point on ankle braces? Well, the other, I think, interesting point uh, from this article is that you know, Boone was trying to really dig down into why Terry came back early with Gordon Hayward, his leadership, why he's been talking more to the young players this season and or this preseason, this training camp portion of the season. And Terry essentially said, look, it's now or never. And this is something you and I have talked on the show. Why has this training camp been different? Why were the vibes different before some of these injuries hit? And I think the reason is pretty clear. The veterans are tired of losing. And they look at this situation and go, okay, this is kind of the last rodeo for this group. There are new owners in town. 
And those new owners are probably going to look at making their stamp on this team as early as this season, but certainly next season there's going to be re- some reevaluation. Terry Rozier has constantly been on the trading block in those discussions. So is Gordon Hayward. These guys are tired of losing. They're they're playing for their next contract, but they're also playing for like this. This should mean something for those guys. This time that they've spent in Charlotte should mean something. And if this season is yet another failure, then I don't think it means as much that they've spent. It would feel like wasted time, I think. And so, yeah, there is a now or never mentality that I think is oozing through the rest of this team. Now, unfortunately, I think it's going to meet the reality of the talent level and the depth level that they have. But at least you you like the idea. I think it's going to be fun to watch these guys play like, you know, their lives depended on. For, um, well, yeah, I mean, Gordon Hayward's on the last year of his deal. I can imagine they give him another contract. You have Miles Bridges on a one-year contract, and we might, I don't know how much we're going to see him play after these updates that we got this last week. So you have that going out. You know, now we're talking about, you know, starting to usher in a little bit of a new era. I mean, there's the overlap, but Brandon Miller continuing, speaking of just taking on responsibility, I mean, Doug, his second year in the league, Brandon Miller is going to only take that next step. We hope so. Mark Williams doing the same thing as the starting center. You're right. It as, as far as the guys that are contributing to the team the most this year, that was true last year, that was true the year before, we are going to get a different iteration of that squad. Some overlap for sure, as there are with a lot of ushering in of the new eras, but you're right. Terry And Terry Rozier could be traded easily. I mean, we've been talking about it for a long time. You're absolutely right. And it feels like Terry Rozier has a firm grasp on that thought process. You have to consider this as well. Last season, because of LaMelo's injuries, Terry Rozier was essentially given the keys to the offense. (laughs) Now, that's like being given the keys. uh, I just, uh, Siri wants to know more about the Charlotte Hornets, too. Um, Hold on, Siri. Hold on. Hold on, Siri. Uh, that's like being uh, given the keys to a Dodge Saturn. You know, it's uh, it's not exactly being the key, given the keys to a Ferrari. But at the same token, he was able to score career highs in a lot of different categories. But what does it all mean? What does it all mean if you score all those career highs, if you achieve all of these individual accolades, goals, and your team is at the bottom of the league? That has to, I think, you have to take that in. You have to absorb that and go, Okay, something has to give here. If, if, if I'm going to achieve all this without any team success, it doesn't really mean as much. And so I think he's absorbing all of that, and I think he's going to come into this season and, and give it everything he's got individually, but also um, do everything he can to bring up some of these young players because he realizes that those young players are going to have a lot to do with whether this team is successful or they once again fail to achieve the things they want to achieve. And with that, we thank you for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. Also, make sure you uh, are catching Game to Game NBA with the season starting soon. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the league with local analysis. We appreciate you making us your first listen once again. Catch Doug on his sub stack and his sub text. His website is everyhornetsboxscore.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Dodge Stratus. Yeah, that's what it was. I thought it too. Yeah.